0: Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so this is the Holy Word of God. It's inspired by the Spirit of God. And the holy men of old spake as they were moved upon by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will move upon us as we hear the Word, as I teach the Word. In Jesus' name we will hear and we will bear good fruit. In Jesus' name. All right. All right. So uh, let's just get a few things for a, for a context or for a, for a basis uh, on the board. So in Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, John the Baptist came and he said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, so he said, repent. Okay, so we're going to look at the word repent as well. Okay, so in Mark chapter 3, Jesus comes and he says, repent. He says, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand, repent and believe the gospel. And then in Mark chapter 4, Jesus also says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Is at hand. All right, so, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, the word repent in the Greek. is the word metanoia, which comes from two words, meta, like a Facebook, and noyo. This one is uh, a change of place. How's that for a prophetic word? Okay, and noyo means your thoughts. So it's, it's lit... In the Greek language, it means to turn. But if you take the word and you see what it was made up of, it is a change of thought from one place to another place. So it's a change of paradigm. So it's not only feeling sorry. He didn't say feel sorry for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But there is godly sorrow over sin. Okay, so let's just get that straight. There is godly sorrow. But that's not where we stop. If the godly sorrow doesn't bring us to repentance, then what's the point of it? Okay, so the end goal is not sorrow, the end goal is power. Okay, so if we repent, what will be at hand? The kingdom. So what, do, how, what does this repentance look like? It looks like this. From tradition to power. From law to the Holy Spirit and power. From reasoning to believing. Okay? From trying to fulfill everything to trusting in what Jesus has done. Okay? You with me? All right, so bless you guys, welcome, bless you, all right, so, it's a change of thinking, so your thinking will have to change to make space for God's power, your thinking will have to change until, your mind needs to be renewed so much, until a miracle seems logical, until that's the, the only option that you can see in front of you, we'll just, we'll just get God to change it. And, you know. It's not really even get, getting God to change it. He's already done it 2,000 years on the cross. It's manifesting what we've already been given. All right? All right, so repent, 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 repent. So stop thinking in terms of Moses and start thinking in terms of Jesus. So, this is the name that was important in the first covenant, Moses. Okay? So, if the name of Moses is more important to you than the name of Jesus, you need to repent. Okay, so what did Moses look like? Well, when, when God showed his glory to Moses, he put a veil over his face. Jesus came and he showed the Father. He became the veil, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 and 20, and... His body was broken on the cross to open up a new, fresh, living way for us to enter in to the very certainty of the presence within the veil. So, he, he opened for us a place into a higher dimension, into the secret place of of the Most High, into the very throne of God. All right, Moses was of the earth. And Jesus was from above. Okay. Moses was from the earth. Jesus was from above. So there's something higher than Moses. Everything Moses wrote was true. But it was lower than what Jesus came to bring. Does that mean that Jesus walked on stilts? No, no. It's not higher in elevation. It's higher in dimension. It's higher in quality. Okay. So people want to fly away to heaven in a rapture. All right. It's not elevation. The higher things of God means spirit, not flesh. You with me? Okay. So this is Moses is lower. Jesus is higher. Okay. Okay, wait, it's too soon for that one. Okay. Right, so let's just read a few scriptures. Matthew chapter 6. Are you, are you ready? Verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is sound, your entire body will be full of light. But if your eye is unsound, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the very light in you is darkened, how dense is that darkness? Right? Your conscience. So Moses represents your darkness. No! Yes. Jesus is the light. How can you say Moses is darkness? It was a glory that was to fade and pass away. So there was something revealed, but he put a veil over his face. But that glory was a temporary glory that was destined to fade and pass away. So if glory passes away, what happens to it? The light dwindles. It fades out. What happens? Darkness. Okay. Okay. So here comes John the Baptist. That's John. John chapter 3 verse 30. He says, I must decrease. He must increase. He was the last prophet of the old covenant. And in Matthew 11, Jesus calls him the greatest of all born of women. But in the kingdom, the least is greater than he. So who is the least? Anyone who is born of the Spirit is in a greater position, in a higher position than anyone born of the flesh, born of women, he says there. All right. So John the Baptist said, Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus said, Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All right? So here comes Jesus, and he cleanses the temple. So if you read the four accounts in the four different Gospels, the, the chronology differs a little bit, but you can see more or less the same picture. So Jesus was in Bethany. He spent the night in Bethany. Next morning, on his, this is now Mark's account, next morning on his way to the temple, he saw the fig tree. Okay, at Beth, what do you say, Bethphage or Bethphage, how do you say it? Beth, huh? Bethphage. Beth okay, good, Bethphage. That's just outside of Bethany, that's where the fig tree was. Okay. So, and he came there looking for fruit on the fig tree. Okay, But he could not find fruit on the fig tree. There was leaves. But in the fig tree, the leaves and the fruit grow together. The, the one bud brings a fruit and the one bud brings a leaf. Okay, So they grow together. So he went to the fig tree knowing it was not the season for figs. So it could be that the fruit were unripe. It could be that the fruit were totally absent. But there was nothing, there was no fruit for him. Right. So he came there and he went fully knowing it was not the season of the figs. But there was the leaves. So he went looking for fruit, not finding any. This was to indicate... Not, it wasn't that he was confused about fruit, looking for something. He knew. It was to demonstrate that he was acting out. He was a prophet. He was acting out something. He was demonstrating that there was no fruit present with the Pharisees. Okay? Right. So, he went to the temple in Jerusalem, which is not far away. And he observed... So, the other gospels doesn't speak of this but but Mark does, so Mark wrote down what Peter said, so Peter did see it okay so so there he's just observing everything in the temple. Then he went back to Bethany and he spent the night there and If you take John chapter two with it he he made a whip out of. So that whole night, (laughs) he was meditating, making a whip to drive out the money changers out of the temple, okay? So he didn't just go in there and had a fit of rage. He went in there. Everything was meditated. So he is the word made flesh. He meditated on the word, right? So here he comes. And he turns over the tables of the money changers. Gentle Jesus with his whip. Here he comes. And he turns over the money, t- money tables, money changers. And you know, he says, get these doves and stuff out of here. Uh, he says, my father's house is supposed to be a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of robbers. All right? And then he... Uh, Cure the sick. Now imagine, you know, having a healing line just after you've, you know, kicked everyone out. You know, you run into the church with a whip, chasing everybody out. Okay, can we get the sick? Okay, bless, bless, bless. Okay. So, so John says it. Is it John? Either John or Luke. says it differently. He says there's, he, he, he taught. So he must have taught and he must have healed. All right, but he cured the sick and he cleansed the temple alright so he went back to Bethany and the next morning he came back and here comes the Pharisees now he's, he's teaching and he's healing the sick so here comes the Pharisees and says by what authority do you do these things By what authority? Demanding by what authority are you doing these things? So Jesus says, I will ask you a question. The baptism of John. Is it from men? Or is it from heaven? So the question is, Authority. The baptism of John. So it was a baptism of repentance. You know, the word says it. They came, they confessed their sins, they got baptized. Okay? Or they got baptized confessing their sins. You know The chronology. So don't make a doctrine. Okay, so. Baptism of repentance. Okay? Repent. The kingdom is at hand. So, Jesus asks the question. The baptism of John. Is it of men? Is it from heaven? And they reasoned among one another. All right? So they reasoned among one another. Is the baptism of John from men? Or from heaven? Okay. So they reasoned. They just demanded by what authority? So remember in Matthew chapter 9 is the lame man, okay? And, you know, they let him come through the roof. And Jesus saw their faith. And he said, take courage. Your sins are forgiven you. All right? So Matthew says, they sit within themselves. Luke says in Luke 5, he says, and they reasoned. And asked, who can forgive sins but God alone? So they reasoned. When this group came to John the Baptist, he said, you serpents, who do you think you are that you can escape the wrath of God? Go bear fruit of repentance first. Go bear fruit of repentance. So who was not bearing fruit? The others he baptized with joy, but who was not bearing fruit? Who, who, who was pretending? Oh, you scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, brackets amplified pretenders. Okay, who was pretending? Okay, so, so they did not bear fruit. He called them serpents. He said, "Go bear fruit." So the reasoning. You. You see it when there's a word of knowledge. When there is, you know, you pray for someone. You can immediately feel it when people reason. You can, but well, you can see it on your faces. You, you don't even really need any gift. Blast of, you know. So, and then people take offense. And they go. All right? Did they believe the gospel? No. Did they receive what was ministered? No. Okay? What did they do? They reasoned trying to justify what they had. Because believing and repentance meant change. All right? And they loved what they had more than what God was giving. All right. So John chapter 3. We're going to read some out of John chapter 3 now. John chapter 3. Before we start reading. Okay. Here comes. It's, it's all part of the discussion with Nicodemus. But we're going to go to Nicodemus now. Jesus said God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him, for everyone who loves the inclusion thing that says everyone is saved, it's for whoever believes. It's for whoever repents and receives the kingdom. Might not perish but have eternal everlasting life. He did not send his son in order to judge the world or condemn the world, verse 17, but that the world might be saved. Then he says, verse 18, those who believe will never be condemned. Okay? King James condemned, judged, amplified. Those who believe will never be condemned. Those who believe not are condemned already because they refused to put their trust in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so the name, let's just put that there, the name above Every other name, okay? So the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? The basis of the condemnation, I think we, in verse 19, there about now, 19 or 20, the basis of condemnation lies in this. Light came into the world, okay? So who came into the world? Jesus. He was the word that became flesh, he was the word. John chapter 1, he came unto his own, and his own received him not, but to as many as believed him, gave he power to become sons of God, as many many as believed on his name. All right, so he says, uh, the basis of the condemnation is this, light has come into the world, but men loved the darkness more than the light. For their works were evil. All right? I think that's verse 20 or 21. I'm not sure. Okay. So, men men loved the darkness, the lower, the earthy Moses. More than the light of the world, because their works were evil. So, Moses brought words, and Jesus brought words. This is a lower word. This is a higher word. Okay. The eye is the lamp of the body. If the eye is enlightened, the whole body will be enlightened. So if you can see what the true word of God is, your body will be doing the works of light. But if your eyes are blinded, to the truth of Christ, your body will be doing the works of darkness, right? So repentance is from darkness to light. Repentance is from law to the gospel. Repentance is from self, the law expects something from you. Repentance is from self to Jesus the person, okay? Repentance is from you having to produce something to Christ bringing you the power and the glory from His Word from above, revealing to you what is in heaven so that what is in heaven can come through you to this earth. Okay? So, so must you pray, Matthew 6. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So the first thing of earth that you need to rule over is your own piece of earth. Made from the dust of the earth. So if Bill Johnson says in, in spiritual warfare you're only as effective as You controlling your own thoughts if you can reign and rule over your thoughts by the word and by the spirit if you can reign and rule over your body by the word and the spirit then all things are under your feet okay so by the word the word is the light you with me did i lose you okay john 6 verse 63 who knows it the flesh has no benefit Whatsoever. But the words that I have been speaking to you are spirit and they are life. But John says in 1 verse 4: in him, in the word, was life, and the life was the light of men. So this word is a higher word. This word brings light, this word brings life. But Moses what his writings is called, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 7, the law of condemnation and death engraved in letters on stone. So it is not light, it is not life. It testified of what is in man and pointed people to expect someone to reveal something different. Moses wrote, God will raise up a prophet among you as he raised me up. You spoke it. Him shall you hear. And Peter quotes it in Acts chapter 3. Him shall you hear. And every person that does not listen to him, to that prophet, will be cut off from among the people. So everyone who does not repent to the word brought by him, repent and believe the gospel will be cut off so there's no such thing as everybody saved but those who believed gave the power to become sons of god those who received him those who received the word those who received the spirit all right with other words those who repented all right okay let's go Not let's go home, let's just go. Okay, Uh, where shall we go? We're with repentance. Okay, so let's just quickly go to Isaiah 55. Isaiah. All right. Wait and listen, everyone who is thirsty. Come to the waters he who has no money, come by and eat. Yes, come by priceless spiritual wine and milk without money and without price, simply for the self surrender that accepts the blessing. Now, in John 7 37, Jesus said, If any person um, comes to me and drink from the water that I give, from his belly will flow rivers of water. So he says, Wait, listen, and everyone who's thirsty, come to the waters and, uh, and come by and eat. Priceless spiritual wine and milk. Okay, so you come to the waters by hearing and believing the word that Jesus brings. Are you with me? All right. So the spirit and life is in the word. He says, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your earnings for that what does not satisfy? Hearken diligently. So there's a hearing of the word. Hearken diligently to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, hear, and your soul will revive. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercy promised to David. Right. Verse 6. Seek, inquire for, require the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. So you don't typically call on anyone who is not near. Okay. So saying that, we don't call on God because he's near. Why do you call, you know, he's, he's in us. So if you say call on the Lord, seek the Lord or call on the Lord, then you're preaching a separation gospel. No, you call on him because he is near. It's like saying the air is around you. How can you say breathe? It's like saying there's a table full of food in front of you. How can you say eat? It's exactly because it's near that you partake. All right? So faith is like breathing. Hearing and believing, it's like eating. Okay, verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way. Okay, so what are we talking about? Repentance. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord. So there's the word turn again. Let him return to the Lord. And he will have love, pity, and mercy for him. So where did you hear of love, pity, and mercy? From the gospel of Jesus Christ, the blood of Christ that was shed for the sins of the world. And to our God, for he will multiply to him his abundant pardon. So all you got to do is turn. All you got to do is repent. With other words, you take the higher word and you leave the lower word. And you allow the word to start changing the way you think Changing what you see, changing what's on the inside of you, changing what comes out of your mouth. So it starts with hearing, right? My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, says the Lord. So that speaks of the wicked that still needs to forsake his way. That speaks of these guys. They reasoned. So they didn't heed the word that said, Repent. So they reasoned to try and justify the darkness in which they were. All right. My thoughts are not your thoughts, thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. But if they repent, it looks different. Peter and John, you know, that we spoke about, coming at the hour of prayer to the temple, Acts chapter 3. It says, what we have we give to you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. That is a renewed mind. Okay, that is a different mind. So Peter and John doesn't say, oh God, our thoughts are not your thoughts and our ways are not your ways. No, what, is, what do they say? Then the very next chapter they pray, grant unto your ser- servants boldness to speak your word. Okay, so they already got the word. They pray for boldness to speak the word. But our minds needs to constantly be renewed. Did I lose you? okay <laughs> okay be transformed by the entire renewal of your mind okay so he says my thoughts are not your thoughts near are my ways your ways so god's thoughts god's ways is what we need to repent to okay for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts So it doesn't mean that, you know, Jesus only drives on viaducts and he's up in the air. It doesn't speak of elevation, okay? He wasn't flying around. It's not... Because if we go up in South Africa, you know, you go down in Russia. (laughs) If you go up in, you know, America, you go down in Australia. Do you get what I'm saying? It's not elevation. It speaks of a higher realm. Higher in authority. Higher in quality. Higher in purity, in holiness, in light, in life. Okay. In power. For as the rain and snow come down from heavens, from the heavens, and return not there again, but water the earth and Make it bring forth and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without producing any effect or useless. But it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I send it. So the rain comes down. So the word comes from heaven to earth. How does the word come from heaven to earth? Well, first... Jesus was born. Jesus received the Spirit of God as in the form of a dove and a lighting when he was baptized by John. Okay? So there comes the authority. So the authority and the power, the Word, the Spirit, the life, the light comes from heaven to earth. So now it comes from heaven to earth by it being spoken to you in the anointing. An anointed word coming, a word that brings light, a word that brings life, a word spoken by the Spirit, something that touches your heart and revives you, something that brings, it just brings revelation and you see something. Darkness is I can't see. Light is, I can see. Darkness is, I don't understand. Light is, I understand. Okay? The the mystery is getting revealed. You get revelations. Okay? The word comes down from heaven and produces something. All right? With other words, the eye is the lamp of the body. If the eye is sound, The body is sound. So if your eye can see what the word shows you in the spirit, your body will reflect what you see. So if there's revelation, people will start seeing it in your life. More powerful works. Okay, let's just quickly jump to Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 13 says, In him also who have heard the word of truth, the glad tidings of the gospel, of your salvation and have believed in and yet relied on him, were stamped with the seal of the long promised Holy Spirit. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? He take heed, incline your ear, listen, and your soul will revive. It says, and let your soul delight itself in fatness in the anointing. Galatians 3. You foolish Galatians who has bewitched you. Let me ask you this question. Did you receive the Spirit by doing the works of the law or by hearing a message, believing it, the hearing of faith? Okay, so you heard the word of truth stamped to the seal of the long-promised Holy Spirit. That Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance the first fruits, the pledged foretaste, down payment of our heritage, in anticipation of its full redemption and acquiring complete possession of it, to the praise of his glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in your prayers. So who is he speaking to? Those who took heed. Those who repented, who took the higher word, He took the word that's from the Spirit, okay? Jesus, uh, they said of Jesus, he doesn't speak like the Pharisees, but like one who has authority, okay? So the higher word, the word of authority, that's the people he's speaking to. He says, for I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, That he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight. So insight makes you see. Insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light. The, The eye is the lamp of the body. So that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe. So if there's light, the power must follow as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. High or far above. Okay, do you see it's above? He's seated in heavenly places far above. All rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named above every title that can be conferred. Okay. Okay. Not only in this age or in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. He has put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church. A headship exercised throughout the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Okay. Fills everything everywhere with himself. Okay. So... God has a higher life for us because he's bringing a higher word which will produce higher insight, which will produce faith, which causes us to do higher works. So when the wicked forsakes his way, reasoning. So the the repentance is from reasoning to power. The repentance is from powerlessness to signs, wonders, and miracles. If we try to take the scriptures to reason it out that we're not supposed to see miracles, we are not believing the gospel. (laughs) We are reasoning. And that unbelief keeps us in darkness. But if the eye is light, the body will be light. If the body is light, you'll see miracles. It's such a simple word. Can do, do you hear? All right? So if there's no power, we need to repent. It's not accusing. It's start thinking differently. There's a higher word. The higher word will produce higher works. Okay? Philippians chapter 2. Therefore, verse 9, because he stooped so low, God has highly exalted him and has freely bestowed on him the name that is above every other name. Okay. Remember now John chapter 3? He says, Those who believe will never be condemned, those who believe not are condemned already. The basis of the condemnation that light entered into the world, men love darkness rather than the light. It says uh, they are condemned for refusing to trust in the name. The name is higher than any other name. So the name of Jesus is a higher name. That in and at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. And every tongue frankly, openly confess and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Romans chapter 10. Just so quiet. Are you hearing something? Are you getting something? Okay. All right. Verse 4 says, Christ is the end of the law, the limit at which it ceases to be. For the law leads up to him who is the fulfillment of its types, and in him the purpose which it was designed to accomplish is fulfilled. So if you take the law and you exalt the law above the word, you've got a problem the law is designed to find its fulfillment in jesus so when jesus brings the word you got to take the word of jesus and the law has to fit in with that you can't take the law and leave you know and keep people in in bondage of moses and ignore the gospel and the word of jesus Okay, so that is the purpose of the law is fulfilled in him as a means of righteousness. For Moses writes that the man who can practice the righteousness which is based on the law shall live by it. Well, good luck. Verse 6. But the righteousness based on faith, imputed by God and bringing right relationship with him, says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down. So it says, don't reason. Who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Who will descend into the abyss? That's to bring Christ from the dead. As if we could be saved by our own efforts. But what does it say? The word is near you, on your lips, in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. If we acknowledge and confess with if if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and in your heart believe. That God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. With a heart, a person believes. So he's justified. With a mouth, he confesses and speaks freely and confirms his salvation. The scripture says no one who believes in him will ever be put to shame or be disappointed. All right. So it doesn't say, who shall go to heaven? Who shall go into the abyss? But what, is, what does it say? The word that has come down from heaven, that will now bear fruit in you. The word is now near you. Call upon him while he is near. The word made flesh. So the word that has come down to you is near you. That's the higher thing. You don't have to try and get there. You have to receive and welcome what has been sent from heaven to you. The word is near you, in your hearts, on your lips, the word of faith which we preach. Okay? Right. So the word is the higher thing. Okay, so let's just quickly go back to John chapter 3, verse 4. Nicodemus said, Now wait, let's start at verse 1. I'm not going to rush. There was a certain man among the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler among the Jews. He came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know and are certain that you have come from God as a teacher. That's amazing. They knew, but they reasoned. Okay? For no one can do these signs, these wonderworks, these miracles, and produce the proofs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, I assure you most solemnly I tell you that unless a person is born again and new from above, he cannot ever see the kingdom of God. So repenting means believing the gospel, means receiving the word, means receiving the spirit, means getting born again, means you can now see The kingdom, the eye is the lamp of the body. Are you with me? Okay. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter his mother's womb again and be born? Jesus answered, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, unless a man is born of water and spirit, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. What is born of flesh is flesh, lower It's of men. It's of the earth. What is physical is physical. What is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Higher. Okay? Marvel not. Do not be surprised and astonished at my telling you you must be born again. The wind blows where it wills, and though you hear its sound, yet you neither know where it comes from nor where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Nicodemus, how can... All these things be possible. Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not know and understand these things? Are they strange to you? I assure you, most solemnly, I tell you, we speak only of what we know, and still you do not receive our testimony. Verse 12. If I have told you the things that happen right here on the earth, and yet none of you believes me, how can you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Yet no one has ever gone up to heaven. So it says, Do not say who shall go up to heaven. No one has gone up to heaven. But there is one who has come down from heaven. The son of man himself who dwells in heaven. There is one who comes down from heaven who is in heaven. So, Jesus was in heaven and on earth at the same time. The Spirit in Him was in heaven and in Him at the same time. That's why He could say, John 5, John 12, if you take the two together, I only do what I see my Father doing. I only say as He commanded me to say. So he could hear what's going on in heaven. He could see what's going on in heaven. So his eyes was enlightened to see the mysteries. He could see in heaven, which is a higher realm, which is accessible to everyone who has the higher word, who's believed it, who's received the higher spirit. Do you get it? It's so simple. It's not who shall go to... One day in heaven, we'll walk on streets of gold. I'll have a mansion next door to Jesus. But Jesus demonstrated the Father. The streets of gold looks like this. Take courage, your sins are forgiven. So it's a way in which you walk. A way in which you live in the midst of this way, Revelation 21,22, from the throne and from the Lamb, in the midst of the city, if you take 21 and 22 together, there's a river flowing in the middle of the golden street, and there in the middle of the street, on either side and in the middle of it, is the tree of life walking down. So it is a manifestation of something spiritual. So, it's the tree bearing fruit, walking on the golden broadway in the midst of the city. The city is the church. Okay? So, it looks like this. Signs, wonders, miracles, healings. Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. And these signs will accompany accompany those who believe in my name or believe in my name, they will cast out devils. Okay, you can put the comma at a different place. They will rise up, you know, raise the dead. They will cast out devils, eat deadly things, take up serpents, will not you know, harm them or hurt them. So it's a supernatural thing. In, in the book of Acts, Christianity was called the way. Okay? So that's the golden street. It's a spiritual revelation. It's a higher life. It's a, it's a life, it's, it's the throne life. It's the Christ life. It's a life where you are anchored with a living hope beyond the veil, Hebrews chapter 6. It's a life where you are seated with Christ in heavenly places, Ephesians 2 verse 6. So in Revelation chapter 4, there's John the Apostle. And he saw a door standing open in heaven. So the door is open. The veil is rent. We can go boldly to the throne of grace. Right? You with me? Okay. Saw a door standing open in heaven. And I heard a voice saying, Come up higher. So this is what God is saying to the church. Hey, church. All the churches, you know, that he wrote the letters to in Revelation, the church. He says to the church, hey, church, it's time to repent. He wrote a letter to every church, This stuff that they needed to repent of. But God is speaking to the church. He's saying, hey, church, the door is standing open. When are you going to come in? The door is standing open. I've initiated the fresh, new, living way through the power of the blood of Jesus, through the separating curtain, through His flesh. It's open. You can come boldly to the throne of grace. You can enter in. Come up higher. Why do you want to live the lower life if you can live a higher life? Why do you want to stay low if you can go high? Not fly away, O glory. We're staying here. (laughs) Whatever is there must manifest here. If you can enter in now, you will manifest what you see there. Okay, so there's a calling to go deeper. There's a calling to go higher. So when our eyes are enlightened by the word from heaven, the higher word, the word that brings light and life, the whole body, is filled with light and life. And the manifestation of the kingdom is there. Okay? Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. God's authority. So repentance to the higher word brings power. All right? Isaiah 40. I just needed to do that. And it was in the worship, so I need need to bring this in. Are you hearing something? It's not a complicated word. I know I use a lot of scriptures, but it's not a complicated word. It's a simple thing. Verse 27 Why, O Jacob, do you say and declare, O Israel, my way and my lot are hidden from the Lord, and my right is passed over without regard from my God? Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like, why is God not seeing me? why is God not hearing me, okay, why, why do I feel like God has deserted me, okay, God has not deserted you, you need to turn to the higher word, okay, have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not faint or grow weary, There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint and weary. And to him who has no might, he increases strength, causing it to multiply, making it to abound. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and selected young men shall feebly stumble and fall uh, exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for hope in him, shall change and renew their strength And power. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. He didn't say we're going to fly. You mount up with eagles' wings in the spirit so that you can run without getting tired. You run with a supernatural strength, with a supernatural power. It's a higher life than just a natural life. God is calling the church to repentance. The church is supposed to have power. We are all supposed to walk in power. Imagine, you know, Paul uh, um, and Peter walking down the street and they put the sick on the sidewalks, you know, on the pavements. So you walk and you walk here, you know, wherever you walk, and people jump up, drop their crutches. So imagine you walk, just walk through the hospital and everyone jumps up out of their beds, you know, because of the power of God manifested in your life. Okay. How's that going to happen? Listen. Hear the higher word. Okay. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All right. Right. Let me just see what is the. What else is there? Oh, yes. Colossians chapter 1. While we go to Colossians chapter 1, I just want to speak on this. In in Acts chapter 3, after this guy got healed, Peter stood up and he preached. But, um, I mean, it's a long thing. But he says, so repent. So that your sins may be erased. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So what happens after repentance? After the wicked forsakes the lower ways and receives the higher word, what happens? Times of refreshing coming from the presence of the Lord. And There's a lot more in there. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. We pray that you may invigorated and strengthened with all power, not some power, not a little bit of power, all power, according to the might of His glory, to exercise every kind of endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified and made us fit to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saints in the light. The Father has delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have our redemption through His blood which means the forgiveness of our sins. He is the exact likeness of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible, the firstborn of all creation. For it was in Him that all things were created, heaven and earth, things seen, unseen, thrones, dominions, authorities, were created and exist through Him and in Him and for Him. And He Himself existed before all things, and in Him all things consist. He also is the head of the body, the church, seeing that He is the beginning, the firstborn from among the the dead, so that He alone in everything and in every respect might occupy the chief place and stand first and be preeminent. For it has pleased the Father that all the divine fullness, the sum total of the divine protection powers and attributes should dwell in Him permanently. And God purposed that through Him, all things should be completely reconciled back to Himself, whether things on earth or in heaven. So God wants everything on earth to be so reconciled to everything in heaven that they look the same. God is redeeming the earth. He's not abandoning the earth to a false prophet. The earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. As to Him, the Father made peace by means of the blood of the cross. And although you at one time were estranged and alienated from Him and were of hostile attitude of mind in your wicked activities, yet now has Christ reconciled you to God in the body of His flesh through death in order to present you holy and faultless and irreproachable in the Father's presence. You see what happens when we turn to Him. As He presents us holy to the Father, there's a higher life available. That life is in Him. Okay? Our inheritance is in Him. Yet now Christ reconciled you to God in the body of His flesh through death in order to present you holy, faultless, irreproachable in His presence. Man. Right. Verse 3, it's 2 verse 3. In him all the treasures of divine wisdom, all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment are stored up and lie hidden. So we've got to be where he is. We've got to step up to the higher life, to the higher word, seated on a higher place, heavenly places. How do we do that? Hear the word that comes down from heaven. Okay? So he says, I say this in order that no one may mislead or delude but you by plausible, persuasive, attractive arguments and beguiling speech, or with reasonings. You can call it reasonings. People come with their doctrines. Would a God of love send someone to heaven or to, to hell? Sorry, that's the, the doctrine. They ask the question, would a God of love send someone to hell? So now they, they hold God ransom to their opinion. They didn't start with the scripture, believing the scripture. They, they select a few scriptures to start with the premise of the question that, they, that they're asking. So people find hell all by themselves. The question is not would God, the question is what did he do? He sent his son to save us. Who are those who are saved? Those who receive the higher word. Those who believe on him are saved. All right? Let's just quickly go back to John 3. Just listen to this. People, people, you know, John only have one verse. verse 16 John 3, you know. But, you know, there's some other verses as well. Let's read some of it. It says, okay, just listen to this. Can can we read some more? Okay, I'm gonna read the last couple of verses from verse 27. A man can receive nothing, he can take unto himself nothing except it has been granted to him from heaven. Man, if the word grants you something, don't you want it? Why don't we just take what is granted from heaven? What's granted from heaven? Repentance is granted. Healing is granted. Forgiveness is granted. That's what the word says. Why don't we just take the word that comes from heaven? Okay? A man must be content to receive the gift which is given from heaven. There is no other source. So if you see a gift, I don't care if the preacher isn't perfect. because There's not one of them that's perfect. Me included, if you can't believe it. Okay? (laughs) All right? Ask my wife. Okay, so... You yourselves are my witnesses. You personally bear me out uh, uh, that I stated I'm not the Christ. John the Baptist speaking now. But I've only been sent before him in advance to him to be his appointed forerunner, his messenger. Verse 29. He who has the, he who has the bride is the bridegroom. The groomsman who stands by and listens to him rejoices greatly and heartily. On the account of the bridegroom's voice, this is then my pleasure and joy, and it is now complete. He must increase, I must decrease. Okay? He must grow more prominent, I must grow less. So the old must fade out and the new must come. Verse 31. He who comes from above is far above all others. He who comes from the earth belongs to the earth. And talks the language of the earth. Words are from an earthly standpoint. He who comes from heaven is far above all others, far superior to all others in prominence and in excellence. It is to what he he has actually seen and heard that he bears testimony, and yet no one accepts his testimony. Isn't that amazing? People say of what they saw in the word. People speak of what the Spirit's, as the spirit of god is teaching and then some people reason and they don't want to take it because it's different from their tradition okay this, oh my opa had gebouwen, yeah. my family has been sitting on that row for six generations and yeah it's maybe time to get another seat you are seated with christ in heavenly places man Verse 33, whoever receives his testimony has set his seal of approval to this. God is true. That man is definitely certified, acknowledged, declared, and is himself assured that it is divine truth that God cannot lie. Now listen. For since he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, proclaims God's message, does not, God does not give him his spirit sparingly, Or by measure, but boundless is the gift of God. Uh, The gift God makes of His Spirit, boundless. Do you want the boundless gift of the Spirit? Do you want the Spirit of God operating boundlessly in your life? All right. Since He whom God has sent speaks the word of God. God does not give him his spirit sparingly. So what are you saying? What are you speaking? Oh, they're going to take our house. They're going to take our car. Why don't you just speak the word of the Lord? What did God last tell you about your finances? Say that and see the miracle. Repent and see the power. Don't take a thought that will cause you to say, what are we going to have to eat? Okay, so the doctor gives you a bad, you know, report. Whose report will you believe? So if we speak the word of the Lord, boundless is the gift of God, of His Spirit. All right? So let's just speak the higher word. Let's think the higher thoughts. Let's meditate on the higher realities in Christ. Okay, verse 35. The Father loves the Son and has given everything into his hand and he who believes in him in the, the son has eternal life but whoever disobeys the son will never see life but instead the wrath of God abides on him God's displeasure remains on him his indignation hangs over him continually continually People are not okay if they don't believe in Jesus. Oh, you know, uh, you believe what you believe, I will believe what I believe. No, I'm going to preach the gospel to you because what you believe is wrong and you need to repent. Because I don't want you to see the wrath of God forever. Okay? There's a higher word. So we need to, to preach this word urgently to people. Because there's people that could have repented that's not repenting because they're not hearing. So we need to fill the the earth with the word of God. There's people who think this is all right, that is all right, this is all right. It's not. Let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thought, and let him return to the Lord, and he will have love, pity, and mercy on him. And to God, for he will multiply to him his abundant pardon okay, there's a higher thing, there's a higher word that has come, the opinions of people does not matter, okay, so we can't just say, oh, you know, that guy, you know, he, he's of this and this faith, he's okay, he's not okay, oh, the, Jesus is not the only way to God, it's one way to God, no, it's not, it's the only one, there's, there's no other name, Acts chapter 3, given under heaven by which we must be saved. Psalm 138, is uh, exalted, I mean his name is above, and he's exalted his word above his name. We need to hear that word. Why would we not receive the boundless gift of God? And if we believe in it, if this gift of God, and speaking this gift of God brings power, why would we not tell the whole world? Why would we withhold it from people that could be saved out of the miserable life of the flesh? Why would we withhold it from them? Okay? So there's an urgency that needs to come back. There's a generation alive now. There's more people alive now than that has ever lived on the earth before now. Okay? So, the amount of people alive now, this generation, is greater in number than all people who have lived before now, who have died before now. Which means we've got some work to do. All right? We need to bring the word, we need to bring the higher word. All right. Repentance. I'll have to just land the plane. There's too much I still want to say. Repentance does not mean feel guilty, feel shame and guilt, feel bad. It's not repentance. Repentance means start thinking the way the Spirit thinks. Start meditating on the Word that comes from heaven one last scripture. I'm not going to read it because then we're going to read more. I'll just quote it, okay? But you know it. Colossians chapter 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, okay? If then we have been raised with Christ to a new life, he says, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. Set your minds and keep it set on what is above and not on the things that are on the earth. Colossians chapter 1, 3 verse 1 and 2. For as far as this world is concerned... You have died. And your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. So your new real life is a higher life. You will see it when you meditate on the higher thoughts, on the higher word. Your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ shall appear, you will appear with him in the splendor of his Glory. So kill the evil, the evil desire lurking in your members. Verse 5. Okay. When Christ shall appear, you will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. Psalm 8. Oh God, O oh God, how excellent is your name above all the earth. You have crowned him with glory. You've put all things under his feet. Okay, so I'm not going to open because that's a whole sermon on its own. But you can go read Psalm 8 in Hebrews chapter 2 for homework. <laughs> All right. God wants to crown you with His glory. God wants to display His glory. He wants to show His glory in you, through you, in your life. Are you are you prepared to hear what He's saying? Take it to heart and start changing the way you think you got to do it he's not going to do it for you you got to start ruling over your mind you got to start taking control of of what's going in on your in in your mind you got to start taking control of your own tongue if you speak the word of god you'll have the boundless gift of the spirit of god okay speaking of the manifestation all right Okay, did you get something? Is it good? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the higher word. Lord, we just pray, Lord, let us see the great power of the Lord Jesus Christ in our, in our lives. Like, like you said in Acts chapter 4, grant, grant unto your servant boldness to speak your word fearlessly while you stretch out your hand, performing signs and wonders and miracles. We pray, Lord Jesus, grant to us boldness to speak your word. Grant to us boldness to speak this higher word. Let us meditate in your higher word in Jesus' name.